0: Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, we come this morning because we need your word. Your word of grace and forgiveness and mercy of law and gospel. Give us hearts open to you. And give me lips ready to speak your word. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. A new beginning—that's the phrase that I've heard a couple of times over the past couple of weeks um, from some of you, from President Newman in his sermon last week. I heard that phrase again and got me to thinking. The first Sunday back is the baptism of the Lord. What could be better for that? To see our faith is a faith of new beginnings. And this book is chock full of stories about new beginnings. I mean, from the very first words, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then you go just a few chapters later and everything is a mess, right? And when the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. What did he decide to do? Well, he decided to send a flood. But first he has Noah built what may have been the first of its kind, an ark, maybe the only of its kind, a boat. And he takes Noah and his family and he puts them and the animal kingdom, the representatives of the animal kingdom there in that boat, And he sends a flood to clean up the mess, and he gives Noah and his family and the world a new beginning. One of the stories, one of my favorite stories in scripture is the story of Jacob. Now, that man was a mess, right? Jacob was a con artist, he conned his brother, he conned his father. He conned his uncle, and, and his modus operandi each time is to kind of run away when he gets in trouble, and here he is running away from his uncle, and God, is, he's out there, and he run away from his uncle, and his, his brother is coming at him with an army, and God meets him, and they wrestle, and then God makes it so that Jacob can never run again, puts his hip out of socket. Then he gives Jacob a new name, Israel, and a new beginning, starting with the reconciliation with his brother. What about David? Now, here's a man whose life started out great, a shepherd. Then chosen as the the smallest in the the family to be the king, goes out, he goes out, and he faces the giant Goliath and, and slays him, and then he becomes king, and the scriptures call him a man after God's own heart, and then he messes up, adultery, lies, murder, and his life is done for now, right? What, what good is David? Except, except with God. God sends him Nathan. Nathan speaks law and gospel. David repents. And God forgives. Now, don't get me wrong, David still had to live with some of the con- temporal consequences of, of his actions. But God gave him... A new beginning. And if you want to know a great example of what that meant to David, go to Psalm 32. What about the woman at the well? A Samaritan woman. Now, here's a woman who had messed up her life, right? She, Jesus told her, had had five husbands, and the one she was now with, was, that she was living with, was not her husband. The town didn't want anything to do with her. She had to go out to get water at the at, at noon at the heat of the day, not early in the morning like everybody else, they shunned her. What good was that life? And then Jesus met her at the well. And he offered her living. Water. He offered her himself as her Messiah. He gave her a new beginning. Then there's Saul, Pharisee. You, you probably know him better as Paul, right? He tried to destroy the church. And he tried to do it for God, he thought. And then Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. Right? You hear Paul's words here? He describes what was happening. He says, Formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent. But I received mercy. God gave Paul a new beginning. Such that even today, we're still reading, as the pastor did, words that Paul wrote. Now folks, the, the truth is, you and I are just like those people. No difference. So much of who we are and how we live is defined by sin. Our sin... And the sin of others. You know, I think I've told you that I was the cousin that my cousins hated to see coming on Christmas morning. At least I figured they probably did because every year it seems like I was careless and I found a way, especially with my cousin Tommy's toys, to break something. And to me, in my mind, in my memory, it happened every year. It's one of those things that added up to me thinking of myself, give me something good, and I'll eventually break it. I had a friend in high school. His modus operandi, when he was in a tough situation, was to lie. And his lies defined him. In our eyes, and in his own. And I've often wondered about him, if, how that played out after we all moved on to college and he moved on with his life. Now sometimes it's not our sin, sometimes it's the sin of others. Imagine what it did to a five-year-old boy to be told that the reason his mother had tried to end his life was because he had been born. And to be told that, not just once, but on a couple of occasions in his childhood. He grew up believing, I'm so worthless, mom didn't even want me. Now, it doesn't excuse the choices he made, but that identity shaped the choices and the decisions and the mess he made. Folks, we all have things like that, don't we? Messages, things we think and believe about ourselves. that are not necessarily the nicest messages in the world. Some of it grows out of our sin. Some of it grows out of the sin of others. But that's how sin defines and shapes and determines the direction of our lives. That's why we all need a new beginning. Now, what I'm going to say next may surprise you. Jesus also needed a new beginning. Now, what? But get it? It surprises John the Baptist, too. Think about what John says to him. He says, Jesus came to be baptized by him, and John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? What in the world's going on here? There's only one sinner in the water, in the river that day, and it's not Jesus, it's John the Baptist. And yet, Jesus, what does he say? Let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, why would there need to be a beginning for Jesus? Well, I want you to think about something. How was he known up to that point? Jesus of Nazareth. That's quite an acclamation, right? Do you remember how Nathaniel reacted to that news? He sneered. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? It tells you what part of town Jesus grew up in. They thought of him as Mary and Joseph's son. He's the son of the carpenter. And in that world, that meant that's what he was going to be, a carpenter, or actually the word can mean stonemason. There's not a lot of wood for carpentry in Israel. But guess what? Then Jesus comes to the Jordan. He goes down into the water. And he's baptized. And in the baptism of Jesus, God gives who Jesus is And why He is here. I think Jesus already knew, but He does it for us. Jesus doesn't go down into the water to be baptized because He's a sinner. He goes down into the water to be baptized because you and I are sinners. He has come to fulfill all righteousness. Right? And and there... At the baptism, the Father lets us know that this is not just the Son of Mary. This is my beloved Son. With him I am well pleased. And God, the Father, gives to his Son the new beginning of his ministry, sends him out from there by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, right? Sends him out on a ministry journey in which Jesus will go around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil. Sends him out to fulfill all righteousness, to stand in our place and to live the life that we failed to live. Sends him out on a ministry journey that's eventually gonna take him to the cross where he will suffer and die and pay the price for our failures. Takes him to a tomb where God will raise him from the dead so that all who believe in him might have everlasting life. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God gives to us a new beginning. And folks, that's why today we're making a new beginning. Where does God Because this is the assigned reading. I didn't pick this. Where does God take us? To the baptism of Jesus. And he takes us back to our baptism. Kelly, I was about eight weeks old when I was baptized. January 1st. So that my aunt and uncle could make it. Takes us back to that place where God... Wash away all our sins. And for a lot of us, at a moment when we hadn't done that much yet, where he said, I want you to be a part of my family. Now I want you to think about that. The day I was baptized, the day you were baptized, God already knew If you were baptized as an adult, he knew what came in the past. He knew what was going to come for me as a child. He already knew. He already knew every sin you would commit. All of it. Ones you don't even know about yet. He already knew the mess you would make, the horrible choices you would make. And already there, he said, I Forgive you. Knowing all that, he looked at you and me and he said, You are my beloved child. And because of my son Jesus Christ, I am well pleased. Well pleased with you. Now I have met someone recently and he introduced himself to me and i got to talking to him to get to know him and i asked him to tell me about himself and he looked at me and he said well i am who god says i am and i thought what didn't tell me about his family didn't tell me didn't identify himself by what he did for a living didn't tell me where he lived didn't tell me whether he was Republican or Democrat conservative or liberal didn't tell me uh, identify himself by his sin I am who God says I am not what I say I am not what anybody else says I am what God says I am. That's what baptism does. God comes to you and me. And no matter what else is true about us, and there are all sorts of things that are true about us, God defines who we are, His beloved and that identity outweighs everything else And you know what that's how he gives us a new beginning right see at baptism he's given us a lifetime of new beginnings do you hear the passage from romans that that pastor read president newman read We have been buried with Christ by baptism into death in order that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. We also might live a new life. Do you remember your catechism? We're going to read it here in a little while, right? It is our creed today. Remember what Luther said about what that passage means, what baptism means? It signifies that the old Adam in us, and we all have him, should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die, along with all sin and evil lusts, that daily a new man might arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever? Not once every day he brings us back there, doesn't he? Sets the pattern of for our lives. Of dying and rising in, as, as the pattern of our spiritual life, just like breathing in and breathing out is the pattern of our physical lives, of confession and absolution. He did it this morning. We stood here and said, I, poor, miserable sinner. And then the absolution was pronounced. And God said, I know. I forgive you. Now, with that new beginning, God gives us a new purpose, right? He uses us to show others that by God's grace, they too can have a new beginning. Remember David? I told you about Psalm 32. Go read Psalm 51 as well. That's his psalm of repentance. Repentance. And after repenting, what does he say? Why is God, what purpose has God given him in his forgiveness? I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Remember the woman at the well? You know how she used her new beginning? She went back to that town where all those people rejected her. And she said to him, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. And look what happens. They went out to the town and were coming to him or Paul. Timothy, in his words to Timothy, right? I receive mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, in the previous verse he calls himself the chief of sinners, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Folks, that's why we're here. That's why I'm here today. That's why God hadn't taken us home yet. There are other people who need new beginnings. That's what this place is all about. That we can share with one another and share with other people God's new beginnings. That those people coming to learn a new language in ESL might, to their surprise, while they're here, learn about new life. In Jesus, and of those people who have come from other parts of the world that come to the link congregations that, that meet here, the Congolese and the Eritreans, might come here and learn about the new kingdom of God that's open in Jesus Christ. See, God uses you and me to put on display, to put on display for other people so they can look at us the way Paul says they looked at Him and say, "Wow, God forgave them." God forgives him, and well, he can, not can. He forgives me too. So people can see in us that with God, they can have a new beginning. Amen? Now may the peace of God which you pass all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting amen